Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. I am Charlie from Charisma on Command, and this podcast so far has made $212,000 of ad revenue. Hey. No. That's no. close. That's it's close. Co- yeah, if we compare that with our other guests, that's close. Yeah, it's compared to the other guests. Yeah. You came in, you're like, I watched the other episode. You told me you said 160, a- but then you said it was old. Yeah, I didn't expect you, you'd say that much. <laughs> well, it's 163. Okay. Slower yeah. growth than I'd originally right. anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. God, <laughs> ad rates are down. So, uh, January's not the best month. No, it's right. not, but but this was the worst January in, in going back the last like four years compared yeah. to December. For us yeah. too. Just RPMs? Yeah, everything's down 25%. Yeah. We so. are, with views down, we're at a third of what we were in December. Oh, yeah. man. So I had to sell the house. <laughs> no, oh, wow. No, no, we're fine. We're good. That's not where most of our money comes in. But we can talk about all of that. <laughs> Let's talk about I'm it. I'm looking sure. forward to it. So you've had a channel now going on seven years, right? So that makes you officially, you're an OG YouTuber. Yeah, I was like second generation. The okay. O- the, I, the OGs, the Joey Graceffas and all those people at VidCon, I, I remember going to my first VidCon and looking at them and not feeling in the same league as them. But yeah, we've been doing it since 2014 was the first video I put up. But we didn't really catch any traction until 2016 or so when we started doing the breakdown style that I think we've become more known for these days. So for those that don't know, yeah. Charisma on Command. Yeah, maybe your audience doesn't know this. I should yeah, probably introduce myself. We, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a YouTube channel where basically they teach people like tips and tricks, how to be more charismatic, how to get people to like you, how to tell funny jokes that don't mm-hmm. hurt other people, uh, how to be the most confident person in the room, stuff like that. Yes. So self-help stuff. You know what the funny thing is? I've been recommended so many of your videos because you have those few videos every now and then that just pop off, mm-hmm. that just kept showing up on the homepage. And I know, just like even even before all of this, years ago, I know, I know I've seen the channel before. Yeah. And I think no, a th- lot of people have. Yes, I think people, they don't realize it because it's not like a face that is often associated with. So we did a video predicting that Trump would win the presidency early on in his presidential run. We've got some of the most famous Marvel actors. I think they think of us as like a screen rant sometimes or some faceless corporation, but really it's it's mostly me and Ben and Ivan and a handful of other people behind the scenes. It's nothing, nothing too crazy or complicated. It is crazy because I remember the first time I met you was uh, at Vid Summit, and mm-hmm. this was back, October, was it? Yeah, October, October, that time. And uh, I recognized the name Charisma on Command, but I didn't really recognize, like I didn't recognize you nor Ben. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I looked back and I like saw your videos and the types of videos you made. And I was like, wow, I've watched so many of these over the course of like the last like three, four years. Mm-hmm. It's just like randomly shows up in my feed. I'm it's like, oh, so how can I be more charismatic? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It worked. Yeah. He made such a good first impression. No f-ing joke. You, I told you this, right? What was the, what, what did Jack do? What do you do? Okay. So when you're at, when you're at someone yeah. you were there, uh, there's this uh, idolization thing that can happen when people introduce themselves to you and they get really nervous and they put you on a pedestal and it can be alienating. And then there's the reverse where people play it way too cool and they don't give a shit about what you do and they're they're trying to not do that first thing. Mm-hmm. You were able to be complimentary of our channel and then treat us like humans instantly. And you, it was like, yo, dude, I love your channel. Do you want to get a drink and play poker? <laughs> it was, Is that what you said, Jack? It, it, we were, I don't remember what <laughs> I, don't I said. Remember. We were, <laughs> no, we were we were playing. Uh, we were playing what? Hold them that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you didn't take it easy on me. You you clean me out. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's high praise. Exactly. No, Thank you, you. You made a fantastic first impression. Thank you. And then Thank we stayed in touch. You came and visited the house, and and here we are. We got to talk about yeah. his house, by and the way. almost yeah, six million subscribers later for you, right? Yes, we're at about. So we've got a, several. Four, do you guys have foreign language channels? No, we do not. You should consider it, and I can introduce you to some of my people if you're interested. I so yeah, we have. Uh, it's about five on our main channel, but then another four or so on foreign language channels mm-hmm. that we 
just give them access to our Google Drive. They usually translate or dub over it. And we own all the channels, split half the revenue that comes from course sales and ad rev. It's not a ton of rev, but it's like a significant amount of our views are in foreign countries, which is pretty cool. We're legit more famous in Russia on a per capita basis than we are in the United States of America hmm. in the English-speaking world. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. I first want to ask, before we get into the house, and sure, by the yeah, way, yeah. Jack has talked nonstop about your house. <laughs> I think since vid... Since I visited a man's yeah. house. Yeah. That's right. And just, let's just start talking about this house. So we'll get to that in a second. Why not show your face? Good. So we have a couple of videos back in the day. Probably 2018 or 19 was the last time I was on the camera. So there's a lot with my face on it. Uh, but we found a couple of things. Format-wise, the breakdowns just do better. I do the same topic standing in front of a wall in my own house. Not going to do as well as when I put Robert Downey Jr.'s face on the thumbnail. So that was the first decision. And the second is that recently, actually, Ben, who was here with us today, has been doing the videos for us. And I realized that we had a very personality driven channel when I was part of it and I didn't want to have to be attached to every single thing that was being done so I've you know transitioned to Ben and hopefully we'll be able to transition to other writers for the content and not have to be involved every day with you know all the video stuff that we're doing so that's that's been a conscious decision that we've made as time has gone on yeah don't you feel like uh by doing that though you're missing out on growing your own personal brand oh, yeah. because yeah 100 percent yeah I I don't really want a personal brand these days I actually feel uh the benefits of fame is something that we were talking about. I think are were oversold in my imagination than in my experience, and I've much preferred being behind the scenes, helping people to to grow within the business, rather than having to be the face of everything that is said and being relied upon in that mm -hmm. way. Uh, and it's nice because we get you know cool interactions with Jack at Vid Summit where people recognize you, and you can't can't discount that. But mostly, I feel like it puts a target on your back these days, where people. Uh, could come at you for cancellation or any sort mm -hmm. of thing, and I just I don't no longer feel interested in the fame side of things. Got it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your house. <laughs> I'm really curious about what's going on with the house. Let's talk about it. It's nuts. First of all, <laughs> yeah. I pulled up. The place is a mansion. Yeah. Like I famous. I remember Graham and I we went to Logan Paul's house. I like your house way more than Logan Paul's. It's house. not my house to be clear. I rent. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But it is amazing at a crazy price for some pretty crazy reasons. Yeah. Go ahead and so right, yeah. So, he yeah. told me that you would that you would have feelings, and I'm excited to chat about it. So we, for the longest time, I mean, I slept on floors. I lived in tiny apartments. We had nothing nice. Uh, and then this apartment is, uh, it's a it's a home that I could not afford to buy if I wanted to buy it. It's too expensive. But the amount of money that we have made has made it so that. I felt like I could, and the reasons that I wanted it specifically because it's got five bedrooms, which meant that my entire family was able to come for three weeks extended and not be on top of each other, which mm -hmm. for me is one of the most valuable things that I can do as I get older is try to spend time with my mom and dad and sister and, and not uh, grow to hate one another in three days of like super close quarters living. So that's been a big reason. And then we wanted to get out of downtown Santa Monica, which has sort of fallen apart, unfortunately. I don't know if you've been in the area these days, but uh, you, often I saw yeah. you. Yeah, I'm leaving California. And a lot of what you spoke to uh, and a lot of people have spoken to is like I experienced that. We were yeah. in the very center of Third Street, and it just was not the area that we wanted were to be in. Were you in one of those apartments? Yeah, the Mayfair. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I can reveal exactly, this now. Yeah. We, were, we were right exactly on Third right. Street. Yeah. Yes. So that area. It's funny because I would always walk by and see those places up there. I'm like, what is it like to live there? <laughs> but I envy that because yeah. I'm like, I can't believe you could literally just take an elevator down and you're right there. It was like walking distance to the beach. The coolest yeah. when we moved in. It was so How awesome. How much was rent? 
rent there was when we moved in it was for a single bedroom like 3000 and for a two bedroom it was like 4300 okay. or something like yeah. that prices actually went down over covid but mm. they didn't reflect that for us because we had contracts uh, but yeah, it was amazing when we got there. You're right next to everything. All the stores, all the shopping, people coming in town all the time. It's got the bungalow if you like to go out. And then with time, uh, they I think there was an ordinance that kicked the homeless out of Venice. And so they migrated a lot of them towards the downtown area in Santa Monica. Uh, and I mean, I've got stories. We don't need to go over them. But there, it became much more uncomfortable to just walk around your front yard. Uh, and walking the dogs became not something that I looked forward to and wanted to do in the same way. And taking a stroll in that area was not something that was uh, – it used to be the best part of my day. And then there was just an added stress that I didn't want to deal with. So we moved up to Malibu as well for that reason. And I set a price that I thought I was going to pay. And then I found this house, and that was like 1.3 to 1.5 times more than I had planned on. So it uh, – there's how a different much, financial philosophy. All right, how much are we talking? How right. much is how much is rent? I knew you we were going to ask me. Yeah. I, I normally don't talk about this stuff, but I'm on the podcast. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so it's twenty thousand dollars a month okay. is the rent, and it's Malibu. It's a it's a large place. Uh, yeah, it's massive. It's massive. It's beautiful. It's got a pool, mm-hmm. and it is the type of place that I don't know I'll be able to live forever, but will be happy to have lived in for the year that I that I did. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Huel. Man, I could really use some human fuel right now. Graham, help! Alex turned into a zombie! No, no, no. Not humans for fuel. Huel! Fuel for humans! Huel is a meal supplement that contains all of the essential proteins, carbs, fats, fibers, and 27 other essential vitamins and minerals. I'm not even kidding when I say this, guys, but I consider Huel an investment. Cooking a healthy meal can take over 30 minutes if you're a Michelin star chef like me, but without proper nutrition, I struggle to work efficiently. But thankfully, Huel's got me covered. And now I can finally not only eat healthier, but also save my time and energy to focus on the things that really matter most to me. Just mix their plant-based protein with water and you will feel fantastic for the rest of your day. And they even have Huel Black Edition, which has less carbs and more protein. Huel even has hot and savory meals, including things such as mac and cheese, Thai green chili, and a few others that take less than five minutes to make. Huel is proof that fast food can be good food. I love it, and I know you guys will too. And right now, they actually have free shipping, and they'll throw in a shaker and a free t-shirt. So just head to Huel.com slash ICH. And that's Huel, H-U-E-L dot com slash ICH to get a free shaker, a free t-shirt, and free shipping on your first order. Thank you so much, Huel, and back back to to the the podcast. podcast. And I remember back when I went to your house, you were explaining to me some funny rules that your landlord had implemented on you guys. Yes. And like weird restrictions that they gave you yes so they're they're first off i really actually like them a lot the way that the house works is they live in the casita basically in a separate area in the back but it's large enough of a place that they're pretty separate Mm. uh but this house is their pride and joy it's it's this thing that they love it's got all of their furniture which is the reason that i picked it because it's i didn't have to bring anything because i didn't have anything uh but they've got some like a 1950 motorcycle antique that's in there it's worth a hundred thousand dollars it's just like please don't touch me and i trust me i don't want to uh but they have all of their furniture they have this workout equipment from the 70s that that is they don't want to throw out so Mm -hmm. it's just filling up space so we're trying to like find a room to put a set in but it's just carved out with these crappy old stairmasters that we have to like mm. put behind curtains on all this kind of stuff so there are some weird rules i'm not allowed to hang anything in the house uh they ask this isn't that weird but she's allergic to cats no cats we've got dogs so they're not they're uh it's 
it is their pride and joy. And so they're very particular about like they don't want us to make it our own. They want us to be yeah. people. Why are they who, renting it? Is it financial? It must I, be. It has to be. I, you know, I, it is. I asked them this question. I said, why do you do it? She said, I like money. <laughs> and I, I was like, okay. But they're old. So, yes. And this is and, again, and maybe they don't view it that way. But from my perspective, I was like, you love this thing so much. And and you they do have enough money. Like, I don't get it. Uh to me, I would want to enjoy the place that I – they built it themselves over many, many years. I, I don't get it, but I'm happy for it because when there's a problem, they're on it lickety split. They're over the next second because they care so much, uh, and they rented it to me, which – But if they like <laughs> money, happy. they're renting to you for $20,000. Yeah. But realistically, what's the market rent on that place? Six million something probably. Oh, for market – Oh, no, for oh, oh, like the for sale. Sorry, the market rent. rent. Yeah. I would – if they if – they, Comparatively, I would guess 30K is what it's actually – it could go for if they weren't so stringent about the type of person that's in there. And they, they like us because it's me and my brother. They're like, you guys going to throw parties? No, I don't, I don't drink. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to have like a big rager at the house. At this point, we're, we're both uh, getting old and just we hang out with our dogs. We sit by the pool. There's nothing crazy going on. So they are looking for a particular, I think, type of renter, which is why they're happy to do it at a discount. Um, and maybe they just don't know. That it could go. I don't even want to say this because I. Jack, like, Jack showed me your house online. I looked it up. I honestly thought about twenty to twenty-five. You think so? Re- realistically, so yeah. I, was I think at, it's tough to get an actual feel of the house though without yeah. seeing it in person. Like online does not do it justice. The backyard mm-hmm. is. It just goes on. Yeah. It keeps going. It's it's nice. I, I when I was looking at comps because you know more about the market than I do, mm-hmm. but I for a moment in time became aware of like what my options were. And there was nothing like this in that area. Um, the ones that were smaller than this were selling for twenty five. Yeah, I wasn't even looking at ones that were more expensive. Yeah, the, the issue is that like you're renting it with their furniture. Yeah, so you take the tenant pool, exactly. you, you cut that down seventy five percent. Exactly, no hanging things. Cut it down further. You got to keep treadmills in there. Cut it down further. So it's like, how many people are going to rent this place? Very few. True. It's going to take a long time for them to rent Exactly, it. and that's why. It's the right fit for us. So because they are so particular about it and most of the things we don't mind, it makes it a, makes it a good fit for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. A- any thought of leaving, moving somewhere else? Yeah, so we – I mean we talk about Puerto it. Puerto Rico. You can do that. Can <laughs> no, do that. So we've discussed this, yeah. and this is perhaps the interesting question about like philosophy of money, which, which Ben and I often discuss, and, I, and maybe you have a different take. Um, it – California's really expensive, and not only the house, but you know this, the taxes and all of that kind of stuff. The amount that I spay on a daily basis to be in California compared to Nevada is probably over $1,000 a day mm-hmm. just for the privilege of a few hours of sunlight. And should I do that? I come to the conclusion that yes, I should because one, right now I can afford it, and there's – it just makes me marginally happier than being in Puerto Rico. Uh, that's, that's why I come to the conclusion. The idea of stacking up more money while nice seems less valuable to me than sunshine in the afternoon. And, uh, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's something that I'm going to regret later in life, but I don't actually know what I would do if I had say at the end of the year and I saved a bunch of money, say I had another 250,000 or 500,000. There's nothing that I can conceive of that I could use that money for that would add to my life in a meaningful way. S&P 500. <laughs> That's it. So you so need what, some good dividend stocks. Yeah. And so what is your so crypto? Do you, do you just get joy out of uh, seeing the 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 pile grow? Like yes. what, why have more? 
And is is there an, an enough number for you where it's like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. I'll just screw it at this point. I am to a certain yeah. extent. Uh, no, I don't look at the whole number. I, I look at like whatever whatever the number is. So let's say it's, you know, a hundred, a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now I could spend $3 of that. Yeah. So I just spend 3%. Mm-hmm. So whatever that number is, uh, you know, 3% of it. So right now I could, you know, I'm really living off like, imagine I make like a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. 150. I, I keep it about that. Yeah. So, um, so whatever I earn more is just you no. Know, I increase it three percent. Got it. And so, is that what? Why not spend more? Is it because you don't think it would make you happy, or because you would stress about not saving uh, as both. much? Both. I yeah. wouldn't be any happier, but mm-hmm. also I would stress Got over. It. It's unsustainable. Like I, I know if I spent more, if something were to happen, I, I can't keep that up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to even try. I'm going to stay within my means. Got it. Yeah. But there's there's a 3%, a 4%, a 5%, a 6%. Mm-hmm. Why why not spend like you have or making 250K a year? Because I know that you're making seven yeah, plus, yeah. not seven plus figures, seven figures solidly, right? Yeah, yeah. But any more than 3%, it's not guaranteed to last through inflation or a downturn that mm-hmm. could last however long. So but aren't 3%. you not spending 3%? Maybe spending. it's less. I don't know what I don't know what it is. But but mentally it's, it's significant about plus Plus or minus three percent. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's minus three percent. It's, it's like it's one. Like, it, 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 it's like it's less than one percent. We can see a downturn. Yeah. <laughs> the market's down. <laughs> market's down. Okay. Bitcoin's but, down fifty percent. Well, sure. but I guess here's my question: Is yeah. the, the the it seems like the implicit idea mm-hmm. is that you want to have enough money to survive forever, should you never be able to work again? And but the impression that I get from you is that you are smart. <laughs> keep working. Yeah, no, you I, are I love smart, hard, yeah. hardworking. Yeah. Driven but I don't want to have to do that. That's the thing. But you I do never want to give in your own. Mentality, to a certain extent, I think I think it's worthwhile to to be able to uh, you know when the sun is shining you make hay mm-hmm. and an opportunity like this I don't think necessarily is guaranteed to stay around for forever. Mm-hmm. So uh, at this time, I think it makes sense to double down when things are working and at some points things are going to change. Yeah. So I'd rather look back at this and be like, all right, you know, I've done everything I could on this and things could change. Got it. Yeah. Is is there a uh, age or an amount that you would have to be like the sun has been shining for 12 years i don't have to make hay anymore or no no i think it's i think it's slowly just you know over time i think uh you know as as i get older i think just the more you want to kind of just take it easy a little bit more each and every year i think it'll be a gradual thing i, I don't think it's going to be one day i'm like all right i'm done Got i think it. you know just maybe an hour less a week every now and then and yeah. then two hours a week you know, yeah. A little bit less. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think one is right and wrong. I guess my philosophy, which Mm-mm. we'll see how it plays out, is I want to re- I want to enjoy the benefits of retirement while I'm young. And if I am forced to work and to make hay, uh, I, I believe that I will be able to do that. And I know this is the other thing that we kind of mm-hmm. talked about is like the, the worst case scenario for me is living on a friend's couch because I have done a good job of – making friends and having people that care about me. So I don't believe that I will ever be in real deprivation. I might Mm -hmm. be in like socially ostracized. You're a big loser. You're 45 years old and you can't pay for yourself. I think that's worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's tough for me to conceive of of true calamity, uh, barring the total collapse of the United States of America, in which case I'm screwed anyway. Like I I don't know how to work a gun and I can't make my own food. So I'm in trouble. (laughs) Jack told me that you are thought would be with that amount of money. Why not purchase a smaller home, own it, build equity, those sorts of things. Right. Uh, yeah, preferably not in Malibu. Yes. (laughs) What is your opinion on Malibu? Uh, 
I th- I think if you live in Malibu, you may as well live in Ventura for half the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the difference? Very little. You're driving an extra 35 minutes north, uh, and everything's half off. Yeah. So I would rather do that. I'm, two, or move out of state entirely because your voice doesn't or your your image doesn't need to be attached to this channel. So why why live there? Yes. So uh, I guess it's a few reasons. When I think of uh, the things that matter to me in life, and I've tried to take stock and I've lived in a lot of different places, weather comes up very, very high on the list. And so Southern California as compared to here, for instance, in Vegas, where it's like low taxes, that's why we stay in California. Uh, instead of Ventura, it, I've got a girlfriend, Ben's got a girlfriend, and it was just, do we want to live 20, 30 minutes away from your girlfriend, or do you want to live an hour away? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a decision. But certainly in the future, I could see myself in Ventura. Um, but yeah, there are, there are smarter decisions that I could have made. I think the underlying philosophy, though, with regard to why I chose to spend probably more than you would have been comfortable with is that uh, I do... Jack, Jack has told me that you feel that the YouTube train could run out, and I totally mm-hmm. agree. Watching my ad revenue go from 90... Well, <laughs> oh, well, that say was, it, say it. You're, you're, you're there. Place. It's okay. It's a safe place. Let's Ninety just, to thirty from December yeah. to uh, to January, and that's Yikes. of course, yeah, yeah, and that's and of course, yeah, I know that's, yeah. that we got salaries, and I'm splitting with the team and with Ben, of course. Uh, watching that is like, yeah, this this can end, uh, but I'm under the impression this has always been true for me that. I tend to perform better, one, when I have a financial necessity. Like when, when the pressure is off, uh, I take my foot off the gas. And that's not something I, I mind doing, but mm. I feel like I can be on the hook to build, grow in the future if it's necessary financially. But when it's not, I'm happy to like chill, coast, enjoy. Got it. Yeah. Okay. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Morning Brew. Man, I'm so tired. I could definitely use some Morning Brew right now. Me too, Alex. There is nothing I love more than learning and keeping up to date with the latest trends first thing in the morning. From a cup of coffee? No, Alex. From Morning Brew. Morning Brew is a company that makes the best daily newsletter that keeps me up to date with all of the business news that I used to miss out on. I read Morning Brew's email newsletter every single day now, and I can honestly say that I love how easy they make it to keep up with today's current events. I I found Morning Brew's daily newsletter while I was uh, doing work, and I saw their article on why Taylor Swift's newest album was scaring record companies. And now Morning Brew even has a YouTube channel. I found this really cool video of them going into detail about how the chip shortage is affecting our economy, and how tech companies might have to invent new semiconductor infrastructures to keep up with today's demand. And that's just one of many fascinating and entertaining stories Morning Brew's YouTube channel has to offer. So go subscribe to Morning Brew's YouTube channel if you're interested in business, finance, or tech. We have links down below in the description. Thank you so much, Morning Brew, and back back to the the podcast. Well, before we go into my thoughts on that, how do you get started on this channel? What made you What made you get into Charisma on Command? Yes, so I was a super, super shy kid. So Ben, my co-founder, I keep pointing to him. He's hiding here in the corner. Uh, he was my best friend in high school, a little bit more outgoing than me, but I was especially shy, and he was my closest friend that often translated for me to... Uh, girls that I might like or that sort of stuff. So when I separated from him in college, especially was when I had to start learning it uh, to be more outgoing, confident, charismatic, because it was not something that came naturally to mm-hmm. me. Uh, and so through reading books and I got a chance to study abroad and kind of reinvent myself and sort of build the fundamentals of relating to people from the ground up. Through that process, I learned a lot about how to do it, came back, 
started talking to friends. They were super into it. And then I think I started writing on a blog, just like, here's what I'm learning. Eventually that became classes that we taught. Eventually that became YouTube videos. And we saw traction very, very quickly with everything that it was that we were teaching. It was one of the most uh, quickly, not widespread, but the people that were exposed to it were very quickly, very interested, which is why it was something that we stuck with when we came time to, you know, try to figure out how to start a business and not live a life of consulting or investment banking in Ben's case. So it was mainly just talking about like how to be more charismatic and stuff like that. At the beginning, it was it was very much about getting dates and girls because I think we were trying to yeah. solve the problem that we felt most acutely. You kind of picked, <laughs> it picked up from where a uh, simple pickup I yeah. think left off because they they abruptly ended, I think, right? And then and then there was this big like uh, this big market out there. I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially when YouTube was becoming more popular and people were home, those are the people who needed the dates. <laughs> watching YouTube. So of course they're going to watch YouTube videos on how to get dates. Yeah. And the videos, yeah. the videos by that time in my life, the dating part was not, uh, it was still important to me, but it wasn't like the, the forefront of my mind. We were doing first breakdown that went viral was of Bill Clinton. And then we were doing Barack Obama. It became much more public speaking, making friends, moving up in the workplace. All of the things that we found were important to people and not just the dating stuff, which I think was yeah. Uh, overemphasizing some of the people that I wanted to differentiate myself from when I had the YouTube channel. Got it. Yeah. But let's start with the dating for a second. Sure. I think I think I think that's interesting. Uh, how did you begin teaching that, and what strategies have worked the best in terms of boosting someone's confidence? So we started in New York. Skillshare back in the day Skillshare, was. Do, wow. do you remember that it was an in-person platform? Did no. you ever use it? So no, it I used didn't. to be basically a classroom booking platform. And it was, you would like say, I am an expert in X, Y, and Z, and I have 10 spots, and they would give you, okay, come into our location, and we will be the ticket-selling platform to your class. Wow. So that was the first thing that we ever did. Um, we had 10 seats, gave five of them away for free on a local Reddit, and then five people came through the Skillshare platform, spent like $15 or something. So after the cost of Subway and you know all the food that we had to get, it was like we made $8 each. And the first class was how to, I think it was how to talk to girls in the park. And so we just kind of ran through like a model for how you might do this. Okay, here's how you work on your confidence. Here's what you can say to start the conversation. Here's the things that are important when you're setting up a date. And here's how you make it all happen. At the end of it, guys were hanging around in our class. They're like, so when can we do this? And we're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So then we started uh, taking people out. And we would go out. And very much it was, I guess, the pickup model at that time was like go talk to girls. And we were definitely trying to not be like most of what we saw out there but this was the business model um so we took a handful of guys out to the park if we saw a pretty girl we would go up talk to her if it went well fantastic if not totally cool and teach them to do the same so that was what started it um and then from there eventually that became one-on-one coaching with the guys that were most interested once that got booked up the question was how do we scale this and the answer was let's make a course of what we're doing by that point we'd realized that the people that were most interested in dating and exclusively interested in dating were not the people that we wanted to work with. Uh, Why is that? Uh, without judgment or trying to shame, it was like when I went to the friend of mine, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to teach you you know, how to date girls. He might be interested in that, but that was a reputation that he didn't want to associate with himself with. Mm-hmm. Understandably, in more mainstream society, that pickup artist stuff was like icky and gross, and anything adjacent to it, nobody wanted to be related to. Yeah. 
Uh, so when we talked to the guys that we most wanted to be working with, they didn't want that to be the primary focus. So we realized that in order to attract the type of person that we wanted and still talk about dating, we were going to have to add all of these other pieces that were very important in as well. Um, and that was why we focused on charisma broadly rather than dating specifically. Uh, it was just because we wanted to surround ourselves with a different type of person that was naturally attracted to pure dating. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So where does someone start? If they're not confident at all, if, if they have a fear of going out, talking to people, making friends, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you begin people on that journey? The first, I mean, so we have our course broadly, and it's what I try to do is give them the easiest, fastest thing that they can implement right off the bat. And so day one in our course is be better than good. So in every conversation, no, almost everyone, somebody's going to ask you, hey, man, how's it going? And most people be like, not bad or fine or I'm doing good. The easiest way to set an interaction up to do well is to find a way to be better than that. So, I mean, hey, man, I'm doing awesome or I'm exceptional. I'm great. Like, it's been an awesome day. When you inject a little bit of energy into the beginning of the conversation, the other person tends to give back some. And then it's much easier to make conversation. Mm -hmm. So we – when we're starting, we start at the beginning, which is like what do you say at the beginning of a conversation that is very easy, very small. That evolves into longer later in our courses and what we're teaching. It might be about storytelling and more complex ideas of how do you hook some Someone in a story and when should you digress and tell a funny aside versus when should you just get to the punchline but that's it's those small things that we try to do first when when we're talking to someone and these days it's almost all done through the course i mostly am behind the scenes doing not charisma stuff honestly i'm doing more business stuff these days yeah okay and how long did it take for you to go from someone who was a little bit insecure and shy maybe to someone who was pretty Pretty dang good at like being pretty confident. Pretty dang good. Yeah. Better than good, Jack. Better than good. <laughs> pretty dang on, good. Listen. Okay. Yeah, sure. Hit the chorus, Fantastic. Jack. Better than good. Exemplary. Sure. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> pretty dang good. Isn't that better than good? No, I appreciate that. He's doing yeah. all right. <laughs> I, I just like that you think I got better than, than pretty dang good. No. So it took, uh, for me, months. Uh, sure. It took a long time. Uh, and that's because I, I was floundering. And in fact, I made a lot of bad decisions because – when you are not good at anything, any advice seems plausible. So for instance, one of the pieces of advice that someone gave me was when you're at a bar and a girl asks you to hold her drink, that's like a beta move. Never do that. She's trying to get you to do a favor and you can't do it that way. So I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know any better. So when people ask me to hold drinks, I would be like, can't do that. No. And I would try to be some cool, tough badass until one day uh, a friend of mine basically chewed me out and told me that I was being an asshole. And it was like those sorts of mistakes that I was making because I had no way to filter the good advice from the bad advice via my own life experience. So it took a longer time for me to go, mm. oh, that's crappy advice. <laughs> and I did, yeah. probably didn't need to go down that path and define, oh, that, that stuff is actually good. So months at least, if not years that's for me to get it. interesting. Yeah. So you could take it from someone who you, you'd listen to and mm -hmm. you'd put all of their advice into action. Oh, yeah. I didn't know any better. You just believe it. <laughs> I didn't know any better. And then you had to learn through your <laughs> yeah. own experience. Was, That's hilarious. Was, you know, oh the funny thing. I watched a guy who I thought had great eye contact and I determined it was because he had big eyes, which was wrong. But what I learned is when I talked to people, you should do this. And for like a week, I was running around like, "That's a great point." I swear to God. And I think it was Ben who one day I was at the gym. He's like, or not the gym. We were out at a club, and he goes, "Dude, what the fuck are you looking at?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm making eye contact." With no way! Swear to God. Swear to God, stop doing that. It had probably been a week of me practicing. That is this. so funny. Yes. And it was so. And I think it had to be. There is 
understandably uh, sort of a social stigma that comes from having to learn this stuff as consciously as I did. You're mm -hmm. supposed to just get it. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I didn't. And I think a lot of people didn't. Um, not like I'm Aspie or Asperger's or autistic or anything on the spectrum, I don't think. I just, whatever influences I had in my life didn't lead me to figuring this yeah. stuff out. So I had to learn it in a very analytical way, which is the way that my brain tends to work. Yeah, that's most people now. I feel like yeah. uh, the fact that we're spending so much time online, you get in contact with somebody else, you're like, I forgot what to do. Mm -hmm. Even with me, if, if I'm working for like a few weeks and I don't really do anything, I get out and I'm so uptight. I'm like, I forgot how to act. Like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. Am I supposed to look for too long? How long is too long? It's You start getting in your head about that. How about coming yeah. out of the pandemic? I mean, I felt that to the extreme, not interacting with people and then going in and trying to have a conversation with the person who's serving you food was just... I didn't know what to do. It felt so strange because it had been so long away from that world. And I think yeah. if you grew up like that for whatever reason, I was playing StarCraft Brood War, like that can, that can be your life if you don't intervene and do something about it, which is hopefully where our channel comes in. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I felt like it does take practice. Mm -hmm. And it, it is something that, well, not, I guess not for everybody, but for me, like the more you socialize, the better you get at it. Yeah. I mean, by the end of yeah. VidSummit, you're like, you, you're in the flow, yeah. right? You feel yeah, good. Exactly. I saw you at the end. I came and saw, I had to break through eight people to say hi to oh, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's Graham Stephan. He's over here. Hi, Graham. <laughs> please see me. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I had two people following me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one guy was giving me a stock tip, and I forget the, <laughs> I forget the stock. He was telling me about this pharmaceutical company. Uh, but I think he was a part of it. So he wanted he wanted me to make a video on this company. Okay. Like, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. He wanted yeah. me to talk about it, like in a video. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about a pharmaceutical company in a video. But yeah, he followed me for like 10 minutes. Yeah. To die. I wish I knew this. Imagine if the thing is up like a thousand yeah. percent now. Should have taken that. Uh, I should have. I should have taken it. <laughs> so you said after meeting me, you had a you had a great first impression. What about after meeting Graham? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So how about after meeting me and give both of us things that we could improve on? Okay. How is that? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to. I did not come prepared. I will say, um, outside you actually made a funny impression. So before we got in, we were it's freaking cold in Vegas right now. We're standing mm. outside of your house uh, trying to knock in and we hear on the doorknob things, <laughs> the ring speak to us. Yeah. Vacate the premises. <laughs> the cops are being called. And I thought, what an I, impression. I love no, it. Yeah. Honestly, and if there's a principle behind that, it is, um, it's treat people as friends immediately. Oh, yeah. As opposed to, uh, I've got to be formal or professional. It was like that. I think that's a, a very good initial instinct. Maybe open the door a little bit sooner. No, because <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I was trying to get the speaker to work, and my mic he was trying off. to get the speaker he to was work. Committed that is to so the, funny. He was committed to the joke. He's oh, like, man. I cannot I, let them. <laughs> Alex and I were sitting here. We're looking at you guys trying to come in. I thought you'd get the code right, dude. So we're I like, forgot why isn't he getting is. the code right. Yeah, I forgot it. Yeah. And then I was trying to get the speaker to work for like 10 seconds. <sighs> yeah. You guys are fumbling outside. And I mean, that was it. Literally, I shook your hand there and then we've moved in and had this conversation. So I'll, I'll sit in. We can, we okay. can splice something in. But I, that, was, yeah. that was the moment. Um, of, that was the strongest emotional feeling that was out of the ordinary from normal interactions that popped in my head. I was like, mm. oh, good for him. Like he's uh, – <laughs> no, seriously. The, there, it's, I, and I can fall out of this. I can be yeah. – I'm a philosophy major. I'm, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it as deeply and literally as I can. But I think the instinct to – can I say that? Eh. Uh, we'll bleep it out. Yeah, How's that? yeah. yeah. Is is a good one. Yeah. Is a really really All good right, one. Cool. And, it, and it's uh, I need to do a better job of it. If I was if I was back in my career as well, yeah, I probably got to do shape. a little less. I I have this thing now. Joking I love, around. I love scaring people. You do. How many times have I scared 
Like it's yeah. so much fun, and you, and you, you scared me. Uh, yeah, week, yeah. In the literally, last week he scared me probably like five times. I'm yeah. not even joking. And right, be- right before too. this podcast, like as we were driving back from the protein and veggies wherever we <laughs> ate, I called Graham like, "Yo, we're heading over right now." He's like. I thought you said eight. <laughs> and I was like, oh my and gosh. Like, Alex, I'm like, Alex, you said eight, right? And Alex is like, yeah, no, we got to finish. We gotta, we gotta, hurry, go. Yeah. I called him on his bluff though. Yeah. I knew, I knew it was You're fine. used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah, we, yeah. everybody's got the prankster friend that yeah. is just like, oh, this yeah. guy. I, I would it, come yeah. home. Uh, he got me a couple times. There was one where I came home to my Facebook with a message written to the girl that I had a crush on saying, hey, I know it's been a while, but I just wanted to let you know that I really like you and I have a big crush on you and I want to talk to you. And I was like mortified, yeah. freaked out, started going, what have you done? Because he's a prankster and it's yeah. exactly the thing that he would do. And I realized I touched the screen. It was a totally Photoshopped image. Of wow. That's so he is, he was, he's the type of person to put hours of work into a 15 second prank. And That's uh, good. yes, and it was good because if he had done the first thing and actually that would have just pissed me off and, and not been a good right, thing. But right. the fact that he scared me with it without mm-hmm. doing it was, I, I clever. That's good. Yeah. It, it, he got me, he got me hard and made me freak out. That's <laughs> a great prank. So how was Jack's score meeting Jack? Uh, for the, for what could Jack improve So Jack and I on? have yeah. hung out um, now yeah. for a couple hours. No, oh. Jack is, uh, Jack's got it, man. I think some people, it, it comes easily. I, I know it comes easily to, for some people. I actually mm-hmm. think, have you worked at all to try to be more charismatic? I have not. Yeah, you're you're a natural, honest, honestly. Wow! Congratulations. We Thank you. you. But, that, <laughs> but that's because you're not Jack's date. Yeah. So I think I think we put you. If you were a date, it would uh, you know maybe things would be a little different. Oh yeah, is that is that the? I might honestly <laughs> just be good around dudes. I think that's probably. I the don't case. believe you. You're telling me you're not good with women. I, oh, is this like a is look, this man, a running I, gag that you guys have? I like to no. think that I'm good with them, but my track record says otherwise. Interesting. Yeah. I suspect, suspect, but I'll buy it. No, so I, a lot of, okay, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is realistically, if I hang out with a girl, there will be two outcomes. Yeah. Okay. One outcome is I end up not really being like super into the girl. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason for the next like couple months, she's just super interested mm-hmm. and I just try to distance myself. And then the other outcome is, uh, I just don't get a text back afterwards, mm. but I, I, I do so kind of after a date. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, we could work on that. Really? If this is an actual thing that's it's happening an and not something thing. It's for an actual air. thing. No, no, it's an actual thing. <laughs> no, yeah, we can air it. I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm cool no, with airing it. Like, no, this is fake. Yeah, I don't know. 100%. I, it's not super troubling to me, though. Like, I'm not super invested she in any of these dates. Back. What the heck? <laughs> what is going on and here? Multiple times. And you'll feel like yes. it's gone well. Uh, one, I felt like it went well. Okay. And then the other ones, I kind of know. I'm like, you know, I either A, should have made a move, or B, yeah. like, I should have done something else differently. And I oftentimes, like, I'll feel kind of like detached mm-hmm. from the conversation if I'm like with a date and I think that's something I can work on for sure. Huh. I, we need like a hidden camera. We need I'm a hidden <laughs> You gotta film a dating show. That's genius. Yeah. yeah. A few times because Jack runs these scenarios by me and I'm like, oh, it's because of this or it's because of this. There's been a few times though that I'm like, eh, no. The only thing I could think of with one uh, was a girl that he met, and uh, then she deactivated her account online. Yeah, and she then totally I totally shut down social media because then, of you. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was such a I bad think, experience. I, <laughs> I think she's probably seeing somebody else, yeah. or went back with an ex. Yes. You no, know, yeah. in Vegas, seeing someone else because I lived here for four years. It uh, not as uncommon as you. Like, there's some weirdness going on in Vegas. There's a lot of double dealing. I know girls that like. A girl that I dated, the guy that she thought she was dating prior to me, I told her that he was in the CIA. 
And what he really had was a wife. That, no. I swear to God, man. Swear to what? God. What? And he would take these. I've got to get on call. And, and <laughs> I'm not no kidding. Way. I'm not kidding. He told her he was in the CIA who had to take these these like important trips and couldn't tell her about these oh. dealings. Yeah. And it was, I think it went on for a handful of months, like a small number of months. And then I think the woman may have reached out to her if I'm remembering the story correctly. Yeah. But I've heard a ton of those stories in Vegas. That's crazy. Yeah. Not not the wow. highest integrity dating town. No. But not, is that a surprise? No. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, like, Could be some boyfriends out there. And I know that there was on the podcast there was there was the issue where yeah explain to him the thing with the girl and (laughs) yeah that was tough heartbreaking heartbreaking but anyway all so excited by the end of the podcast yeah (laughs) all of us man yeah we were pumped true love just cucked yeah for those that don't know i we basically brought on a date for me on the podcast uh this was a long time ago It it was my first time ever meeting this girl on the podcast and then after the podcast i asked her on a date and then she said she had a boyfriend. And then like a, an episode or two later, we brought on her boyfriend and confronted him. <laughs> and, uh, Jack, what was the name of that? Uh, uh, conf- no, yeah, the, confronting yeah, that Jack's girlfriend's boyfriend yeah. <laughs> was, the na- was the name of the podcast. That was the olden days. We're I different now. those days. Yeah, those yeah, me too. Fun times. You're, tr- you're like, whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah, whatever it takes. Don't click out now, though. Click out at the end of the video that to watch it. That was one of it, our okay? most viewed videos, though, in the first 24 yeah, it, hours. It went confronting, no, really I think well. it was confronting my girlfriend's boyfriend. <laughs> was it my or Jack's? I don't know. I, I want to see wrong. the face that you chose for the thumbnail. I've, I think it was the first time we used the famous, like the long hair, just like, weeping. Oh, sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's okay. So, do you have any advice for Jack? Could you? Could we walk through some? Yes. Scenarios? Well, well. Yeah. Is there a particular scenario you can run me through that surprised you? I can try to actually. Uh, like a scenario that happened that, between that, me a and su- a girl. A surprising not callback or a surprising where you thought that it. Where you went on a date and honestly, none of them are that surprising. <laughs> like, like, just being completely honest, like so, so you know, you know, at some point in the interaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point in the interaction, like interaction, something probably definitely went wrong, uh-huh. but nothing that serious, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So. I don't know. And I also think like to a lot of girls that I'm going on dates with, I, I may be a little intimidating. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, do, do, are they familiar with you from prior to the... No, I, I don't bring up like the YouTube thing yeah. or any of that stuff. But yeah, like going to my place and seeing like maybe a house and mm. like, you know what I mean? Like I own this house. I yeah. don't even tell them that. They they usually ask me. Like I, I try to leave some of those details out, Smart. which... Which I think, like, if I were flaunting, yeah, I have the house, yeah. I got a car, I got a Miata, you know what I mean? Got a Miata. Yeah, I got a, <laughs> a sports car. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you live in a pocket universe where where you are not crushing it. I'm blown away by this, but we we should definitely talk more. I, I, I'm okay with it yeah. though. Like, it's it's really not something that troubles me that mm-hmm. often. Nor is it something where like I'm like lying about, like, oh, I just wish I had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't really ever happen. Yeah, it's funny though when we talk about this. I, I check the retention rates of every video. And every single time we talk about Jack's dating, the retention just goes up. People want to know why is he struggling so much? Yeah, find it the most interesting. I can tell. We can make an entire episode. I'll give you the three the three broad dating things that we talk about is um and and we have people self diagnose which of these is not going well for you. Mm. So there's the there's the first thing is basic 
interest. So this is like you're talking to a girl and she says, I got to go to the bathroom. That is a lack of basic interest. She doesn't even want to speak to you. Really? Conversate. Well, if that ever should happen, like in an interaction, not that she would take a pee and then come back, but that she would excuse herself and never be seen or heard from again. Oh. So are yeah. you in interaction? Is she engaged in conversation, answering with more than one word answers? following up with questions reciprocating interest to you that's the basic thing and that's not sexual at all that's like person to person sure so is she interested the second thing is are you communicating that you actually have standards meaning a lot of guys the standard that they implicitly have for women is are you willing like do you like me because i'm in if that's the case and i think this is what happens when you see men putting women on pedestals and a woman might say, you know, he'll ask her, well, what do you do for work? And she'll say, I'm an accountant. He'll go, oh, an accountant. That's so amazing. That's so cool. And he doesn't give a crap about accounting. But mm. whatever she were to say, it's amazing. And people pick up on that and sense that you lack any sort of standard and are only interested in them for their looks. And that's a turnoff. And then the third piece is, are you building sexual tension? And that starts with like lasting eye contact. It's the second thing you might do is rather than sitting across a booth from somebody, you can sit on the same side of the table or at the bar so that when you're joking with them, you can touch them on the shoulder or laugh by, by touching their hand or high five. Like you wouldn't want to sit like we are right now on a date because it's going to be much tougher to establish any sort of comfort with physical contact. And then what happens is at the end of dates, a lot of people who don't do that piece, you know, you're walking the girl to her doorstep, you haven't touched all night and it's like – how do I bridge this gap between you and me? Because we're not even comfortable holding hands at this point. And I got it close to Mike. <laughs> wow. So that's those are the things. And I would ask anyone out there, self-diagnose, which is the area that is lacking? Uh, and if it's I, any of those areas, there's prescriptions that you can give to to start to not falter so much in those areas. That's some really good advice. Thanks, man. And it's kind of stuff that I feel like I intuitively just know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I Natural, just don't. like I said. Well I, well, I don't like just reinforce it to myself as often as I probably yeah. should. Sure. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. And and if I look back on my dates, I can kind of understand why, like, yeah. like I mentioned. Where like, do you think of those three? Does one ring true? Um, Every date is a different experience, man. Mm -hmm. It really is. So for example, one, yeah, like we didn't have any contact until the end of the yeah. date. Uh, everything beforehand seemed to go well, though. Another one, I honestly kind of rejected the girl throughout the date mm. which was kind of just like my bad yeah on that uh i don't know i was just feeling weird that day i guess mm -hmm. uh another one what what other dates have i been on i did i didn't text <laughs> the girl all two of them no. yeah <laughs> that's, just, that's it <laughs> so i don't know i feel like i can diagnose for the most part like yeah. what's going wrong and i also i don't think i necessarily try very hard on the dates mm. like i kind of just go and whatever happens happens um, so I suppose I could also work on that. Got it. There you go. You know the answers. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> now, I'm curious. What about your business? Because you mentioned that, that ad rates have declined. Yeah. Uh, how is your business broken up now? Well, good news is that our business is not dependent on ad rates. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, very heavily tilted towards the core sales that we have. So those have dipped, but not nearly to the same amount that ad rates have gone down. Core sales more closely track views that we have and the other thing is that as we build a back catalog a lot of the people who join our course are not new to the channel they've been watching the channel for two three years so whether or not we have a good month this month there's still somebody who two years ago tuned in and is like oh this is my this is my day to buy um so we've seen the course sales have for us have not have been close to solid record highs for a, you know it's continued to grow
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another reason is that mm-hmm. even though some of the indicators on the business are down, the business itself is actually doing quite quite well. Sure. Yeah. Could you provide some numbers? Oh, we we want for those that are can curious. I, ben, you tell me. Can yes, I provide yes, some ben. numbers? Yes. Say yes. Ivan's say going yes. over here. Ivan's got <laughs> two yes. thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> but you say me. yes. That's a yes to me. I we can, how about this? Do you want me to talk about it and we can you can make up your mind if you want us to trim it? No, I can I can give you rough <laughs> numbers because um, honestly I don't even know the true numbers. Uh, I we should probably do that. <laughs> we uh, I think last year made of revenue somewhere in the three to $4 million range mm. of rev. And then that is, uh, we're, we have pretty solid profit margins, but we do have people that work for us. We have costs associated with some of the things that we do. Um, and then I get of the profit, I get roughly 46%. Co-founder Ben gets roughly the same amount. And then we have a CM COO who takes would he like to be named? His name is Ivan. Mm-hmm. He gets 7%. And we're hoping to grow that into 10% for him as he takes on more responsibility. I kind of want like the Dana White to that. That's what we're looking for. It's like, sure. I'll, I'm for Tita brother. I started the thing. And then I want to have a front man that is not me, uh, more heavily involved with the day to day. How many people are involved in this? Uh, so it's a lot. There, there are several people that have like part-time things, but the core team is, uh, depending on the time, is roughly 10 people. And then we also have these language channels, which if you multiply that out, there's 30 people within their teams because they each mm. have, you know, one, the Russian guy has like 10 people that work with him. Mm. Um, so there's, there's quite a few, but they're not all, Ivan is, are you chit-chatting over here? Do you? 32 total. 32 total. Wow. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. But they're not, yeah. they're not all like directly, the, the reason that I don't feel as nervous and I would, if I had 32 employees that were like, Every month they're on a salary. I'll, the vast majority of those people are on a profit share, which is when the profit – like I, I can't owe more money than I'm making because yeah, sure. we're sharing in the profit together, which makes me feel much easier. And I wouldn't want to coast if I had an operation that had super high overhead. That would make me, that would make me nervous Got for sure. It. Walk us through the process of making a video. Mm. How involved are you? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's been, nothing, yeah. nothing. It's been a year since I've been involved with the videos. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. See, see yeah, all of this so far, I'm like, ah, oh, that's good. That's what impresses me. Yeah. So, uh, wow. That, that, yeah, well, good news, bad news. Good I news, had bad to, news, I turned yeah. it over to my co-founder, Ben. <laughs> and so he okay. makes, he's very involved. Uh, but we've been able to get more and more help as time has gone on. So when it started, it was, uh, I would, Decide on a person or idea that I was interested in, say it was Donald Trump at the time. And those were the fun ones because I did not understand Donald Trump. I was like, why is this guy popular? And so it was fun to watch the videos and sort of figure it out. Uh, I watched the videos and I'm keying in for the moments when the audience or I have an emotional reaction to this person. Like I like this person. I dislike this person. And then when I find those moments, I'm reverse engineering what they're doing that is creating that. And I bundle those all together, throw them in an outline, and then write a script off the back of that. Uh, very quickly in the process, because I started also editing the videos, we mm-hmm. outsourced to an editor who would then be in charge of getting B-roll. Um, and now we have that that initial process is done in tandem with a sort of a junior writer that we are training right now. I'm not training. Ben is training mm-hmm. right now to <clears throat> help us with that whole video process. But our goal by the end of the year, our number one goal for the business is not related to revenue. It is to have it, our junior writer level up to writer-writer and have us receive a video that we did not have input in that is up to our standards and we are ready to put on the channel. If we can do that by the end of 2022, 
I will be thrilled. And I know Benny, Ben will even be more thrilled <laughs> than I am because yeah. he's making the videos. How difficult was that to turn over to somebody else? Because you're doing so this hard. channel in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is yours. Did you find that it did better with you behind it? Mm -hmm. You kind of like going through everything? Putting yeah. your own touch on things. Yeah, there was a there was I think an investing in like when Ben came in, he had never done it before. Yeah. Um. And so if you looked at our best months, it was oh that might have been off our best month. But I actually think our best month ever I think was when Ben and I were splitting videos or he was making some of them. So it was easy to turn over to Ben in a way because he had been with me through since I'm. 13, 14 years mm -hmm. old. Like he's my best friend forever. And so mm -hmm. he saw the whole process. He was a quick study relative to somebody totally fresh. There was that emotional component of people are going to think this is me. What are they going to think? I don't actually think in that in exact way that Ben does. I don't, you know, uh, that nervousness, but I've uh, gotten past that these days. I, what I more felt was stress of being responsible every week to come up with a new video and I was ready to offload it at the end of it. I, I got burned out. I never thought it would happen because I would watch these creators talk about yeah. burnout and I really felt that I had said all of the interesting things that I had to say and was just repeating myself, which I'm a fairly creative person, drove me nuts. Like not covering new ground to me was very stultifying and boring so now i told jack like we're starting a dungeons and dragons show i suck at dungeons and dragons i don't know anything about it but it's fun to do something that i don't understand and know how to do well that's that's where got i it. get the most enjoyment got it got it yeah how long did it take you to get burnt out from 2015 to about to three four years for me to get burned out of a video a week got i would it. say uh and then ben it's taken about Six months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. yeah, yeah, about and I it I I got to do and to his mm -hmm. like I got to do a lot of the fun ones. I got to take like the super charismatic Marvel actors and do uh, Robert Downey Jr. and now he's like who's left? And I've done I've done most yeah. of the people we would want to do. So it does feel like what is cool. What is interesting about what you do is you, some of what you cover is news related. So there's always something right to cover. Uh, I'm trying to make a channel that could mostly be – I've said it. It's over. Like human interaction hasn't changed tremendously since 2018, so just refer to an old video. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is kind of how I feel of what I've said. I'm sure there's some more that could be added around the edges, but I am not the guy I feel like that has it anymore. I really said my piece in that domain, so I wanted to – step aside and learn how to be a good boss, a good trainer, all those sorts of things rather than being the content Got guy. It. And what about now? Do people look for like, uh, do your people look for what's in the news and be like, all right, we got this new rising star. Oh, yeah. We got the weekend. What's cool yeah. about them? Or oh like, no, that's, that's a oh huge Oh my portion. God, if you guys did Island Boys. <laughs> yeah, why people that would hate, be viral. Yeah, why people hate or love mm. the Island Boys. We I did a, uh, a video on the second channel on the Island Boys that was one of our most viewed videos in the first like three to four days on the second channel. So the it was I, on the Island Boys. I've seen a photo of them. That's all that I know about them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Island Boys. So you got to start tonight. That's <laughs> listen. That's hey, your I, next viral video. Like, I want, but I want you to make this video. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I I Not promise. Gonna happen. Please, please. If you trust Charlie, me is it one, gonna happen? No, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way it's gonna happen. What Graham. if you what, what if you trust me on this one? I said it's gonna get a million views. You, and you I can could, almost guarantee. If it's you told me it's gonna get ten million views, I wouldn't do it. Why? I, 
I have enough views. I have enough money. Charlie That's, is literally, yeah. I, I realize this, you are the exact opposite of Greg. <laughs> well, this, you guys are so similar, but it, <laughs> completely opposite. You, you, know are, you are completely detached from views and money. Mm -hmm. You are extremely attached to views and money. It's you, gotta be the bottom line, Jack. So, <laughs> someone's gotta be attached to it. <laughs> well, Jack told me, he said, and I think we have this in common. Yeah. He said that Graham's the type of person who like only does what he wants. Mm -hmm. And what he wants to do is work-related stuff. And yeah. I'm the same way, except work-related stuff doesn't make it into my only wants to do category. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so why not do it? Because the prize is a thing of which I already have more than can make me happy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think part of like the process was, and I, and I, there was a time where I would have been like, oh, fuck, yeah. million views. <laughs> oh, jump on uh, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm curious, I really am curious yeah. for you. Um, yeah. Do you still have goals? Because what I found is like my first goal was say 100,000 and then a million and... I just watched the goalposts get moved mm -hmm. while my satisfaction with the completion of those goals did not rise. Mm -hmm. And so I got, I got turned off to the whole process of trying to grow past a certain point of enough, which for me was like, I can cover my rent. I'm not worried about food and, uh, I don't sweat it when we go out to, to eat or something like that. That's actually like the amount of money that I would, I definitely want to work to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. That's, is that ring true no, or not, not really? really? No, no. <laughs> I just enjoy it. I would say there. I've. This was a good week for me. I've had a good week. Um, hmm. Yeah. No. I, I would say it's sometimes like day by day. Some days I'm like I just don't feel like doing anything, mm -hmm. but I do it anyway because mm -hmm. I've kept the schedule. I don't want to break the schedule. Uh, but then other times, like this week, there's so much. Like I feel like there's so much new happening in the markets that like I was so excited. Yeah. To be able to make a video and like post it and like I'm really proud of these videos and I just I just love doing it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know, probably 80% of the time. It's just, I, that's just what I want to do. Good. I just, I really enjoy it. And then 20% is like, that's eh, part of the grind. Yeah. I, I can't miss an upload. I'm going to post something today. What can I talk about? That makes sense. I guess, uh, do you feel like your drive to do it these days is more joy driven or anxiety driven? Meaning you're trying to avoid the anxiety of not doing it or mm. there's a joy of the creative process that you want. To I feel. enjoy the creative process yeah. and I like, I like having that schedule and sticking with it. I, mm -hmm. I, I think I take a lot of personal pride in the fact yeah. that, uh, I, I don't miss uploads. Yeah, man. If people, so, if for people, now, but I, I know I'm sure at some point that'll change. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I, there was a time for me where it was joy driven. I'm, and there was, of course there's always a balance of like, Oh, I'm nervous that I don't want this thing to fall apart. But there was a, uh, discovering that was going on when I was like more learning this stuff, doing the people I was most interested in. And mm. that phase ran its course for me. Yeah. And then it became the reason that I'm doing this is because I'm anxious about losing what I've built. Mm. And at that point I uh, was like, okay, I need to go find something that genuinely sparks my creative juice. Even if I suck at it, even if it doesn't make money, because I did charisma for five years before I made a dime and I'm willing to do Dungeons and Dragons or explore psychedelics and open a clinic for five, 10 years because it's, it's what I like to do. Uh, and then maybe there will be money at the end of that because I'll have become one of the people in the world that is most fascinated, most obsessed. That's kind of what I've realized is that I monetize my obsession mm -hmm. and then I, and then the obsession died. Yep. And so trying to keep that thing going would just uh, defeat the purpose of why I did it in the first place, which was to be free to choose how I spent my time. That's good. Yeah. I like that. See? It's easy, man. Yeah. It's not bad. 
birds of a feather. Wow. <laughs> Jack told me he's like Graham is going to get you on oh, that house. No, he said Graham is going to hear. So one thing Graham would yeah. get you on yeah. that you mentioned to me yeah. when I went and visited your house is the fact that you said when you're making like five grand a month, mm -hmm. sixty grand a year, you already hired someone to do your laundry. Oh yeah. Well, this is. Do you not have this? I actually think if you're interested yeah. in making more and growing, I think you'd benefit tremendously from mm -hmm. this. So he told me that your team is like almost nobody you guys don't have virtual assistants you process no. your own refunds yeah. do i why don't you have a virtual assistant for what uh to to make sure that your brain isn't going away from the valuable things that you do that, that you're uniquely capable of so like yeah. doing your own laundry processing refunds that's time where your brain what i found and i don't know if this is like you is that it's not when I'm sitting in front of the computer. It's that like slow churn time, mm -hmm. which can be interrupted with stupid tasks that people can do for $15 an hour. And if when you outsource that, my output got a lot better and went through the roof. And I started making yeah. a lot more I don't more know. Money. I feel like my system works. I mean, I think it works. Mm -hmm. And it's like if it works, why you know, why try to fix something? Mm -hmm. uh, so in a sense, because really my workload hasn't changed that much. It's a lot of the same stuff. I would, so I feel like, you know, well, I got Alex processing refunds. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the most I can think of is someone to go through my emails. But yeah. even then, it's like usually in a day, there's only maybe two things that, mm -hmm. that are even worth responding to. And those are things that I just need to respond to anyway. Sure. Yeah. And so we yeah. had, I guess, we had a lot more customer service things. We had editing, which I didn't want to necessarily mm -hmm. be involved in. Uh, and it, it, your business might be different. What I found is that for us, my the thing that I was uniquely good at was writing the videos. I was not uniquely good at responding to emails, doing laundry, uh, preparing my own food, any of that stuff. And so when I spent money to free up more of my time, we made a lot more money. Um, and that that worked well for me. And the added benefit of I don't do laundry, make my own food. Like I'm, I've, it's there's something wrong with it to a degree because I've become totally dependent upon other people to function. Or like a normal person. Like I, I wouldn't know where to find the detergent to do my own laundry these days. Mm -hmm. um, but that it has actually wound up being in, you know, special helping me specialize more and do the things that are most valuable to the business when I'm working on the business. And these days I've taken more time away from the business. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I try to keep things simple. The yeah. only thing I, I, I would think about is hiring a, uh, hiring a, uh, someone to cook food and bring mm. in like, do that like three You'll times a week. You'll love it, You'll love it. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to respect Macy on this. She's very, like, she doesn't want to do that. Uh, and she's like, I want to be the one to, to cook the food. This is common. I'm like, well, then, <laughs> you know, but but that would free up your time. Like, imagine if you could get out an extra video a week. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know what? It's like, it, does, it doesn't make that as much of a difference someone to else me. someone else is doing it so for you. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my yeah, my preference would be give her the time back and just have have a professional come in three times a week. Yeah, but to me, it's just you know, if she's happier the other way, I don't. And that's the thing. If if you're if you truly deeply enjoy cooking, laundry, emails, processing refunds, anything, do it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take anyone away from the things that uh, that they really love doing. But if they feel that they ought to, or that it's a poor use of money, I have found that one ought to. It doesn't make any sense. And in terms of poor use of money. Usually there's a handful of – if you were to like put the value of your time on the different tasks that you're doing, you find that there is a huge 1,000x discrepancy between some of the things, and that yeah. that was helpful for us. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with that. I could probably mm -hmm. be a little bit better about a yeah. few of those things. But makes sense. Yeah. What else am I not going to like, Jack? Um, well, 
when we're talking about your numbers specifically, uh, the way that you're investing or not investing. Oh, that's yeah. We could, yeah. We could get into that. Sure. Uh, I don't like the not investing. Yeah. Well, this is this. I actually, this is an area where I would love to learn more yeah. because I am. I think the other areas I've thought about a lot and I like my philosophy. My, my investing is like I'm ignorant. I don't know a ton about it. I never thought that I would have any money saved. And now that I do, I'm not super sure of it. So here's what I've done. I probably have 40 to 50% of my net worth in cash. <sighs> Come on. Market went down. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh my god! You're yeah. lucky right now. <laughs> You're not lucky right now. You're not like, we're only down to where we were like five months ago. Uh, yeah. So unless all of your cash is in the last five months, you've yeah. lost a ton of money. Yeah. How long have you been cash for? Uh, for as long as I've had money, which is, I mean, we started making it a couple of years ago. Oh I, come yeah. on! Why? I don't know anything about it. I've never, I never learned. So, oh yeah. So you're telling me outsource this, outsource that. You haven't outsourced your investing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's costing you more money than I guarantee every other thing that you've outsourced. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, you might be right. Um, I think in the terms of the income generating, I've probably stopped that. So this is an area that is important. I've, I have outsourced some of it to Ivan, who runs the business. And the best thing I ever did was like, what's a cryptocurrency? Here's $20,000. Will you buy some cryptos oh, for me? And that's he crushed little... it. He crushed it. This was th- two and a half years ago. Like, And how much is it now? Uh, he bought me twenty five ETH or something like that. And you've just you've just held. Yeah, I don't, I don't touch anything. Right. I don't touch okay, anything. Um, he bought me ETH. He bought me a Bitcoin. He bought me a like, I've you know I was like oh cool. And then he gave me a Nano. I said don't lose this. <laughs> These are so yeah. I've got that. Um, so yeah, that was a good that was a good outsource that I did back in a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I've ha- got a I've got a retirement thing. I've been putting in stuff into my SEP and. Uh, other than that, I have a lot of cash on the sidelines. How much cash? Five five years of savings. What well, for it, me, like it's two million dollars. We we donate. It's we, we do donate uh, a decent amount to charity, so it could be. It's no, it's not a few million dollars. It's like half a million dollars is forty fifty percent of my net worth. I would ex- okay. Where's the other fifty percent? Uh, I bought the mortgage on my parents' house. Okay. Uh, should charge rent there. I know I could get it. <laughs> no, but I, I've elected not to. Yeah. Um, they're great tenants. Uh, so, yeah, but they they'd paid 75% of it for the long time. I started getting money. I wanted to, to help with that. And then some of it is just in that retirement fund. Some of it went to the crypto that I described. There's a handful of random investments. Some of them are psychedelic related. So, like I mentioned, I'm super interested in the future psychedelics. Um, some of them might be some of them are confidential so i have to leave them a bit vague but uh invested in uh startups and things that are related to that and those are like hundred thousand that's like a hundred thousand dollar investment i got an opportunity i think i can say this to invest in spacex early um so bought just took a flyer on that for like 25 uh and it's it's you add all that up it comes out to my net worth but a mil about yeah okay yeah it's just a lot to be spending on rent relative, but it is. you're able to, you're writing that off, right? So it's a business Only 20%, expense. Because oh, I'm not, I'm not the, wow. it's a huge house and I can't, yeah, and I can't, it's like, right. it, it's got a lot of, and I, this is a frustration with it. It's like, I don't need this big of a master bedroom. <laughs> I just wish this could be office space. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like roughly 20% of the house is area that I use for sets and those sorts of things, but the rest is not. Got it. Yeah, it's expensive. It's yeah. it's legit expensive. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you to begin trickling that. So, of the five hundred thousand, let's just say, keep fifty fifty to one hundred thousand in cash, mm-hmm. and then the other four hundred thousand trickle it in the markets probably over the next six months. 
set a plan over six months and not two years you think go faster two years I was thinking faster than six months. Oh my I God. thought six months was no, slow. No, I think if he's waited five years now, he's not I'm waiting for that dip. <laughs> yeah, he's, listen, I, I, I could, after five years, there's there's nothing I could say that would make you dump it all in the market, I, I, 100%. No, no. Oh, to be clear, I, yeah. actually there is. I, this there is? is? It's, 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 to, it's yeah. not because I'm stubborn. It's because I don't think, uh, okay, I, my, my thought, which I'm totally to, open to amending, is you should have enough money for a couple of years in pure cash. No. A couple of years is no, that's excessive. very conservative. Usually, usually uh, Six to twelve months max. Mm-hmm. That's about as much as you would need. I got because you got plenty to fall back on. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, the chance of like the business going belly up and you not being able to pay your rent and yeah, all yeah. this stuff. It's chances are if that even happens, a year of runway is more than enough time to find out another plan. Got it. I mean, so. I'm I'm one hundred percent totally down to do that to take okay. to. To set a much lower threshold, and then what? Just put it into S and P five hundred. Yeah, or you could do what might be better is just a total stock market index fund. Mm-hmm. That way, you're not just concentrated in tech, but mm-hmm. you're you're encompassing everything. Mm-hmm. It'd be like two, three thousand companies. What do you think about? And this is, uh, what do you think about China, Alibaba, Tencent, that kind of stuff? Risky, yeah, because you don't really own the company itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stock is like you're buying a stock in a holding company. So you know, there, there's some. It's a big risk, big reward. Um, to me, it's too risky. If you were to invest ten percent of it, I was just curious. Fine. Yeah. I, well, I guess the, yeah. the broader question is: you mentioned yeah. uh, a lot of like the U.S. stock market. Do I need world exposure? Do I need different currencies? You could. Do I? Need- you could. Yeah. So there. So there's two trains of thought. One is that the U.S. has dominated for quite some time, and that's probably going to continue. The other train of thought is: well, international markets are catching up pretty quick, and they might have more growth. So, you know, it's it's either one mm-hmm. could really pan out. What I've done is is allocated from my index funds about ten to twenty percent with international stocks, mm-hmm. and just an international uh, index fund. That's yeah. it. I so you could I do legit, that. So, I legit will probably. So, so, I will tell Ivan. Are you taking notes? If you want, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what I th- what I would do if it were me, I I'd probably if you want a safe approach is like eighty percent in a in a total stock market index fund and twenty percent with international. Yeah, that if that were my hundred grand, that's probably what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it is very safe. I like it. I like uh, safe. But if you want riskier, you could you could put five ten percent in crypto, mm-hmm. Bitcoin. I've, Ethereum. I've got ten percent in yeah. crypto on account of Ivan's. Uh, then, purchasing on my then you hands. could just leave that alone, yeah. or you could put five to ten percent in and fun speculative companies like the Alibaba, Neo, and mm-hmm. stuff like that that might do really well, or it might just go to zero. Yeah, I, I think the chance of those companies being delisted is pretty small, but you never know. Yeah, it's a risk, dude. I'm I'm totally game for this, and this is this is an area where I uh, confess near total ignorance and disinterest. So I do need to, and you're dead right, outsource it. Because I'm not going to be the guy that learns this stuff and manages my yeah. own money. But the good news is that you've already learned it. That's that's you're done. That's it. If you yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's it's, not much to it. <laughs> there really yeah, is. Yeah, that's it. If if you literally just said, all right, for every hundred dollars I earn, eighty bucks goes into the uh, total stock market, twenty goes into the international, and you do that for fifty years. Yeah. Just you know That's what's so silly is that I have done this in lump sums, and it's it speaks to just I guess human behavior is that I haven't set it up on an autopilot. So like I took care of this one point a while back, and then just left it. Yeah, I just need it. Yeah, I need it recurringly established, which is probably just going to these platforms and saying take X yeah, there's money a, every month. Yeah, Definitely yeah. Way to Most do that. platforms at this point have uh, auto invest, mm-hmm. so you could just say you know every month I want uh, ten grand mm-hmm. to be divvied up this way, eighty twenty. That's it. 
And mm-hmm. st- you don't even think about it. Just every month it'll be invested. Mm-hmm. Or every week. That's it. I got rich on this yeah. podcast, dude. I got rich That's on it. the ice cold. Well, let's hour. see. Maybe the market drops even more. You're like, man, I should have stayed in cash. You got 50 I was waiting to deploy. <laughs> waiting for this. Imagine we dip more than more than the prices oh, were man. five years ago. And then he's like, I would have just made out bank right now. I knew I was saving you for know, a reason. So I'm not There's an expert. I'm happens. not an expert on this, but I, there was something when the economy like or the stock market boomed during Corona. I was like, this shit's fake. And and that I know that's kind of a like a crow magnet approach to it, but it, it does seem weird that the stock market goes parabolic while productivity doesn't. No. Because doesn't. yes and no. In hindsight, you could look back and no, that's fake. But in, in the moment, and even still now, you could consider that, well, how much money was printed into the economy? Mm-hmm. A lot of money. What was it? Uh, was 40% it 40% of all dollars. Of all doll- yeah. yeah. So you could look at that objectively and be like, all right, 40% more currency went into the market. People use that money to invest in the mm-hmm. market, and now it's there. So that justifies the price going up. And that doesn't reflect a gain in real productivity. That just reflects this dollar is going to be inflated if you don't Correct. keep it in the market. So just, just to keep pace. Yeah. yeah. So it's like instead of seeing inflation necessarily in the price of your, your bread, you're seeing inflation in the price of the stock market mm-hmm. because that's where the money's going. Yeah. So it's impossible to really quantify how much was really caused by that, how much it's going to go down. Is this the new normal? Is it going to stay like that? We have no clue. Yeah. I got it. I'm set. I'm a rich guy. That's it. <laughs> I thought your fear was that this was all a bubble. This was all sham. China was going to take over. And well, well, well. Oh, no. So, the, well, yeah, I can, I can bring some of that. Are you, you familiar with, like, Ray Dalio has been a, yeah. a pretty big uh, China bull uh, for a long time. Has talked about sort of the end of the U.S. empire. Yeah, he's what, been, yeah, he's been that saying that for a, a long time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it seems to be that. Am I, do you think that is eventually going to happen? Like maybe in our lifetime? Say? I, I think they're, I think they're a huge market and it mm-hmm. seems as though, uh, a lot of overseas markets are like, that's even bigger than the U S and mm-hmm. their demand is even bigger than the U S. I would not be surprised if that continues. Mm-hmm. Um, can they be as innovative as the U S and can they, and can they create, um, create more than what we can here? Maybe probably, I don't know to what extent, though. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking, you know, the U.S. is is so far proven, but I think there's more potential overseas. It's just we don't know. Yeah. That's the way I see it. I think they're just as likely to do to do as well, but you know, you're taking a bit of a risk that it's a little bit less, you know, proven. Sure. So far. Yeah, and I think it, even to my concern that you know, if let's just say that my hypothesis that the u.s is that it is a bubble and all of this stuff is overinflated that doesn't mean that my money ought to be on the sidelines it means that it maybe should be in the european market or, or somewhere else but not sitting yeah i mean it, probably anything's better than sitting but you have a 66 percent chance so far i mean that that's what it's been like if, if you dumped it all into the market at once 66 mm-hmm. percent of the time you'll make more money than dollar cost averaging really so yeah yeah but dollar cost averaging is going to it's going to lower the extremes. It's going to lower the volatility. Right. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And but, that's what I want. But two out of three times, you'll make more money just saying, all right, today I'm going to put it all yeah. in. I think I, I can't remember over the period. I think it was like 10 to 20 years. Yeah. You'll and make that's, more and, money doing it. That and that's day. the other thing is I don't want to need or touch any of this money for ever. You know what I mean? I do plan like there's, there's things that are changing in the business, but I'm not planning on completely having my income go to zero. And if it did, 
you'd see a lot of activity from me in other fields doing other things. So yeah. the, the goal is to leave it in there and not need it, touch yeah. it for, just, for a long time. Yeah, part of it, and part of it too, just mentally, just assume the second you invest it, everything's going to drop 50%. So oh, just, I don't even, I don't care. Just even assume 50% is gone. Anything that, that drops, you know, less than that, it's a win. Yeah, my, exactly. No, if, if money is stressing, this is, I don't know. I've noticed in some ways I've been more stressed with more money. And that's what I've tried to guard against. When I had no money, I couldn't lose any. And when the market went down, I didn't care. And I was already sleeping on Ben's floor. And so like, it couldn't get worse than that. Mm. Uh, so I want to make sure that I don't become one of the people that has a lot of money and is stressed about the fluctuations of the market. When it's like, mm. dude, you're, you're better off than you were 10 years ago, but you're mentally screwed every time. And I hear people like, freaking out about this most recent tip that are losing their mind uh and definitely don't want it's to be not even, it's not even that bad of a drop yeah. i mean 10 percent i know check, some, i mean yeah yeah some people yeah. may be struggling <laughs> some people yeah. some well, people might be what you're sensitive in, depends what you're invested in if, right. if you're invested in right. an index fund it's 10 percent. Yeah. i mean it's like you know yeah but if you're invested in uh other companies jack mm, i know a guy remember i was gonna pay jack Three hundred dollars to sell out of one stock that we don't have to name here, and Robinhood. Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Had he, and I was going to pay him to sell Robinhood, and he didn't do it. I'm bullish on it. <laughs> and, well, maybe and it's was down another twenty percent. Yeah, it's just so. It's so I. So not <laughs> yeah. only would he have saved money, that thirty days would have been up. You would have been able to buy back in at a lower price and profit three hundred dollars. And then this dip probably would not have happened. No. And then you so. could have affected the macro economy of the exactly. United States of America. We'd all be better off if you would yes. have taken the 300. Yes. It's, it's odd. The, the moment Jack bought in Robin, I was telling him, don't buy in. It's going to drop. Don't do it. Bought in, it drops. It yeah. just plummeted. When I listen to you, you know what? I'm reminded of the way that I uh, – my video game seems like your stocks. Like it – to me – like, do you do you matter if he buys or doesn't buy? You just seem very it interested does. in like it does. It matters because as soon as he buys it, it always goes down. Well, the he's superstitious. Yeah, yeah. I am okay. Okay, so you it got does. superstition. So to me, it. it does matter. Okay, yeah. so it is not just like I like to play the game and and no. optimize the dials. It's no, like, no, this no, is actually, important to no, my no, future. Yeah, yeah. Every it. time Jack buys something, it goes down every <laughs> yeah. single time. Yeah, yeah. every time. But so I poke his buttons because I'm not superstitious whatsoever. So if I see him buying a stock, I'm gonna buy it. It bothers me so purposely. I do. I now I have to buy socks in secret. So he won't buy them because I know if he buys them, they're going to go down. Yeah, he didn't tell yeah. me he was buying Robinhood when I bought it. I just looked over his shoulder and saw him yeah, like and I got so toying upset. around, like frantically and looking pleaded, on Schwab. I'm like, Jack, please just, just yeah. wait to buy this. No. Just don't wait till I get rich. No. And I went <laughs> yes, in and I went in up. big. Like I went in really heavy and, for and, me. And the <laughs> loss is proportional to how much Jack invests. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just like the anti yeah. rabbit's foot. Yeah, got it. As soon as he sells, though, that's the thing. It's the whole thing's no, gonna turn. Not out. selling. We need this. <laughs> Think of the not people. selling. Yeah. How about this? What if I had Vlad call you? It's a Jack sell. Sell Robin Hood. Yes. I would sell. He would. Yeah, I would sell. I Who's your guy? I'm at the point now. It's I, virtually nothing. So I like, wonder if we could make this happen. Can you get him on the podcast, Vlad? Yeah. I don't I, think he would tell me we'll to sell him. Robin. I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's his own company. <laughs> that would be hilarious if we got Vlad on the podcast. That would be like, viral. Jack, please sell, sell Robin Hood, man. We do? need it. <laughs> you do though. It skyrockets. Mm. Imagine that. Hey, like the next day they they introduce crypto wallets. They put you know Shiba Inu on there. Their stock just like they finally have a good net income. Yeah, <laughs> they turn profitable. Don't do yeah. it. Stand strong. Yeah, it's about no. principle. Diamond hands. That's what I'm about. I bet we. I bet we might be able to get them on the podcast. Let's do it. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. 
It would be a, a bit of a controversial episode. Yeah. Because people hate him. Well, I don't want to say they, they hate him. Some people it's just, dislike him. It's yeah. it's it's very easy on the internet to like to gang up on somebody and just automatically I don't like him. Yeah. So and I'm not like, you know, the people people didn't think that I'm, you know, defending him or like, oh, Graham's part of the suits. He's uh, you know, it's like I don't care, but like objectively it's People, you know, it's in some of the internet comments. Yeah. There's, uh, they assume that I have a lot more control over the world than I do. That I'm like part of. I've seen on occasion some comments that intimate that I have, uh, I don't know, that I that I'm part of some elite group of people that that is uh, making videos for any other purpose than just to get views and sell my course. That it's actually some, you know, that you would have influence over Robinhood, for instance, being in the same vein of thing. That you would be related to that somehow because you're a finance YouTuber that they would contact you and then pay you to say nice things about them. I think that people yeah, overestimate yeah, right. uh, the amount of people trying to influence what I say. It's it's zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That like Donald. That was that was it. Yeah, yeah, Donald Trump. His people must have gotten in touch with Chris. Oh, it's just like, yeah. What? No, nobody. No, <laughs> nobody gives a shit what I say. I was actually hoping yeah. that uh, the Democrats would reach out to me when they saw that video. Didn't happen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It didn't happen. They didn't. They didn't want my strategy. <laughs> I had a good one. I was ready. Darn. What would have been the strategy? I'm curious. Oh, it would have been like it would have been. V- uh, so Hillary at the time, this is 2016, was yeah. leaning very heavily on uh, her story and it was like very leaning heavily on the fact that she was a woman. And I think Barack Obama set the example, which is he was a black man who became president but did not run on being the first black president. That was not his mm. his mantra. And I think for Hillary, it was much more what she drove at. Uh, her her attacks on Donald Trump at the time were – she, she sort of bought into his frame. If you, It's been a long time, but if you remember back to the election, Donald Trump framed himself as an outsider, as you know, that he was going to come and drain the swamp. And Hillary, instead of going, why the heck would you want an outsider? Like I was there when Osama bin Laden was killed. I've done this job better than other people. I've got ex- years and years of experience. This guy only has failed hotel chains. She said, you know, who could be more of an outsider than me, the first female president, which was just totally uh, – an unbelievable claim to make that you, Hillary Clinton, who lived in the White House, are an outsider. So she bought into the framing of what makes a good president that Donald Trump had set up. And if she had instead said, I'm going to set the frame for what makes a good president, someone with experience, someone who is serious, someone who doesn't you know, call other people names, and that's, that's how I'm going to do things, I think she would have had a much, much better chance of yeah. So what, yeah, so what have you noticed with Trump? Because you because you were mentioning frame setting, and, yeah. and that is something I, I actually never even thought about until you mentioned that, that mm-hmm. he could go in with a narrative and other people feed into that, yeah. I think, unconsciously. Even if they don't want to feed into yeah. it, they end up doing that, which I think is really interesting. He was he dictated the terms immigration yeah. became an issue why no one else was talking about it no one else cared when he talked about that we need a strong leader and jeb is weak everyone rushed to prove how tough they were instead of like why are why is this guy dictating the rules of the game because when you think about it a president what makes a good president well in 2016 donald trump got to decide for the entire field and he picked things where he would excel and everyone else just reacted to it so yeah uh, a lot less reactivity to his campaign and a lot more and this is what people have you know joe biden actually won on this um but i think standing for something would have done much better for uh hillary and framing it you know about the experience thing that we talked about would have been a much better call joe biden was very reactive to donald trump and just mm-hmm. kind of ran as the I'm not Donald Trump candidate. That actually worked out for him. Yeah. And I think probably could work out again, given given his success and how many people learned to hate him over the course of his time in office. 
That's fascinating. Would you, would you ever run for president? No, 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 no. It's the worst job ever. I would never. You wouldn't? No. Even if someone just said, all right, you can have it. You don't it. have to campaign. <laughs> you can have you it. Have it. Take it. No. Fix our problems. I mean, you've heard you've heard my work ethic. I, I think I'd be a poor president. I don't. He'd outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd hire a virtual assistant. Like, take care of this meeting. Meet for me. my yeah, my team, my crack team of yeah. BAs. <laughs> no, that's. I would definitely not want to. I the White I, House would be in Malibu. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Landlords. I want to. I, if I do things in the future, like I said, I would be to uh, have a like psychedelic trauma treatment clinic. I think is something run a D&D show, and potentially a video game studio one day. But those are all nice-to-haves. Definitely not politics. And what's, like, the, the time horizon on those? Uh, when possible. <laughs> when, oh, ASAP. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so we actually, I mean, we're going to be putting a D&D show up within the next couple of weeks that's going up. If you guys are in town and you want to hop in for a game, you guys are welcome. You want to do some D&D, Graham? <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> Have you ever tried? I, I've, I've watched it done. Well, you've never done I it, don't though. I get it. I yeah. Don't, I don't no, it's, it. yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's so weird. And you, it's like, what? what is this ridiculous make-believe game that these 34-year-olds are playing? I, I get it. It's, uh, I just love it. I have a great time with it, and so do, so do the friends that I play with. But we've got that show coming up uh, in a few weeks, hopefully. So that'll be out. Psychedelic Center, time frame, when it's legal. They're legalizing it in Oregon. Mushrooms, are, at least, will be legal within two to four years. Ketamine is being legalized all over the U.S. I am a big fan of, for treatment, MDMA for post uh you can have, what is it, PTSD, all sorts of things are, are well done. Anxieties, I find, and often hidden anxieties, things that I didn't know that I had. I'd be really curious if you took MDMA, what you'd get out of it. You wouldn't like it because you'd come out and you wouldn't be working as hard. Well, <laughs> it's a day wasted. I don't want to do anything that would, that would have Take any, away the edge. any potential to change or alter my mind. Yeah. I, have no, yeah. I have no desire. Yeah, and it does yeah. – it, if it works, it it takes away edge for a lot of people. It takes away the um, and it not like the chip on the shoulder, the drive to this because it it forces you to answer some of the questions of like why this edge, why this mm-hmm. thing. Um, but which I've appreciated, but I totally respect people that don't want to do it. Yeah. I have to put it into your drink secretly. <laughs> Jack, it should be kicking in any moment now. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for watching. Make sure before you leave, subscribe, hit the like button. Make sure to get your free stock down below in the description. Sign up for public. But more importantly, subscribe. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you. And until next time. Thanks, guys. Cool. Uh, really quick, can I have you look in the camera? Yes. Uh,